Hello and welcome to Ias Gablan, a bi-weekly podcast from four Latinx daughters. But hello everybody and welcome back to the Ias Gablan podcast. Per usual, I'm Maria Jose and today I have a very special guest. Hi, my name is Janex and I'm a singer-songwriter. I love that. I also like I feel that um we have a lot of like people with such beautiful names and I'm like I love the Janex. I feel like I've never heard that before. But if you want to tell us a little bit about your how you got here, why music, what got you you what brought you to music? Okay. Um so I am from I live in Texas. Both my parents are from Mexico, and my mom grew up, like, super Pentecostal, and whenever I was growing up, like, she came here when she was, like, a teenager, and she was super Pentecostal as a teenager, got married to my dad, he was Catholic, he converted, so I grew up in the church, and that's kind of where I learned how much I like singing, because I grew up singing in church, Um, so that was my first like rough introduction to singing and don't get me wrong like I'm still a very I wouldn't say religious person um but I do believe in God and I am very spiritual but singing in church was just like not where I found myself appreciating music so much and it was more because I realized how much I liked writing music and that's like my favorite thing to do do you remember what the first song you wrote is about or was about? Yes. Yes, <laughs> I do. About? Because go- going back to that, um, I like told my mom, I was like, I want to be a singer, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, fine, we'll support it. But you need to do um, a Christian music school first. I was like in middle school. But all I wanted to do was sing, you know, so I was like, fine, whatever. And it was on Saturdays from like 7 a.m. to like 4 p.m. But I was happy oh because I was like, I get to sing. Like, I, I don't care. And one of those classes was songwriting. And they gave us like a project for that week. And they were like, okay, next Saturday you guys come. You guys have to present your song. So I wrote like a Christian song. And that was really easy to me. And that's when I realized how easy it was. And then... A lot of, because it was like periods, you know, Mm -hmm. like you have first period, second period. A lot of my friends in the school, like obviously didn't do their homework (laughs) and they, they saw how good my song was. So they were like, Hey, can you like write our song right now? So that's how I realized how good I was. I was like 14 and I was like, okay, wait, I'm actually pretty good at this. You're like, wait, where is this? (laughs) Did you at least charge? Did you, did you write the songs for them? Oh, I did. I should have charged. Now looking back. Yeah. Yes. Like, wow. I love that. And I love that also just like it, not that this is like what we're here for, but I also just think Mm -hmm. it's interesting that like you grew up Pentecostal, right? I feel that like you don't hear a lot of Latina folks. Like it's usually like you're like a Jehovah's Witness or like you're Catholic or, you know, so like, I know nothing about the religion, religion, right? But it's just so interesting that sort of that's where you started. Um, Not that right now, like, I don't know, um, if you were to describe your music now, what would Mm -hmm. you sort of, what would be the description of it? 
I always use cumbia influence or cumbia inspired because even my reggaeton songs are very cumbia. Like I'll add the weed eye in the background or stuff like that. So I always say cumbia inspired because um, I am Mexican and like growing up, I was obsessed with cumbia kings. Like I was so obsessed with him and like Pee Wee, like I, I love Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah, but like before Justin Bieber, there was Pee Wee yes. and I was like, I'm going to marry him. <laughs> I feel like you and every other Latina, I feel like Pee Wee was like the Justin Bieber of our generation. Like yeah. before Justin, it was Pee Wee for all of the Latinas out there. That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, because I feel like I don't know if this is a reality for you, but I remember being like on those Spanish, like on Saturdays when they played the music videos in the morning, and yes, then yes. like Travesa Chocolate would come on, and I would be like, "Wow, this!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that. I'm glad that we have that shared experience. Like, yes, it's a, sure. I hope other people also share that. Who else sort of, you say that like cumbia and the cumbia kings were sort of your favorite. When you were growing up, sort of what other music were you listening to that sort of influences Mm -hmm. your music now? My dad's from Guadalajara, which Guadalajara is a very like rock-based city that they listen to. Mariachi as well, of course, but people don't realize how big rock is there. So growing up, I listened to obviously a lot of Maná, Caifanes, um, Julieta Venegas. I also listened to a lot. And my dad loved like Ricardo Arjona y Ricardo Montaner. Like my dad loved heartbreaking songs which that also influenced me a lot so today like I just love sad songs I could be super happy but sad songs are the easiest for me to write fair so even if you're like in a do you have happy music okay um (laughs) I do I this is the thing I do have very like happy like music you can dance but then you listen to the lyrics and you're like oh whoa like the lyrics aren't that happy (laughs) fair fair and sort of maybe like backtracking a little bit not that I'm trying to Mm -hmm. go all over the place but thinking back sort of um you said that you started off sort of being involved in music because of like religion right Mm -hmm. so when when did the shift happen when were you like hey mom like I don't want to do like religious music anymore and how was that received Okay, so my mom was very accepting of that. Like, her only condition was, this is going to be your foundation. Because my mom always believed in my singing. My mom was just like, this is going to be your foundation because the music industry is so corrupt. That was my mom's, like, main thing. Which, now looking back, like, I'm, she was really right about that. Like, she wasn't wrong. Um, So she just wanted it to be my foundation. But, like... At school, I was in choir, which, like, obviously, like, I went to a normal school and, um, you know, we had to do, like, Cheetah Girls or Beyonce covers or stuff like that, you know? So I also did that. And then um, my mom had dance studios growing up and some of them were in malls. And during the holidays, this was, like, my mom's very, like, entrepreneur, but I feel like most Latinos are anyway. 
So whenever I turned 16, I was going to look for a job. And my mom was like, why don't you just use the music, the studio to do music classes? I was like, are you sure? I was like, I'm 16. Like, who's going to pay me? My mom was like, you'd be surprised. And she made me little flyers and I passed them out. And it was like in a very predominant Hispanic like community. And like my first paycheck ever was like 900 bucks from like different families that I know. And I was like 16 giving like music lessons and stuff so then they would also hire me at that mall to do like their holiday shows and stuff like that so that's when I like kind of realized okay you can one obviously make a music like living off of music two people trust me enough to listen to my critiques and what I have to say so that's kind of how that started like putting myself out there outside the church um but I didn't really start making and this was I was 16 there I didn't really start making my own music until after I graduated college though so that was pretty recent and when you went to college were you studying music or did you study something else <laughs> You're like, I, I did not no 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 I um I grew up like seeing my mom struggle a lot as a single mom like there was like very ups and downfalls so I was like I'm gonna study something secure I wanted to be a lawyer, but more like for the financial gains that I thought you would get from it, Um, which I didn't end up doing that. But anyway, that was my headset. And um, I studied political science and I I really liked my major. I appreciate my major Um, and I still use it now. I use it like in nonprofits with kids and stuff. Um, But that's what I studied. And then, yeah, after school, I was like, oh, I actually do not want to go to law school. Let me try this music thing too. So yeah, that's kind of how that happened. And I sort of saw on your TikTok too that you started off teaching. Like after college, mm-hmm. that's what you did. So how was that for you? I know that you don't teach anymore, but mm-hmm. how was how was teaching and then why did you decide to stop? Um, I'm going to be like completely honest. I don't know how it works in your state, but I live in Texas and a lot of states are very similar. As long as you have a bachelor's, you can do like some type of alternative program because usually teachers are still understaffed, especially bilingual. And I just really needed a job that made a certain amount of money. And I already had experience working with kids and I was like, why not? Let me give it a shot. And I did that and I loved it. And honestly, it improved my Spanish because I had to speak. I worked at a dual language school, so I had to speak Spanish. Um, So it was all of that. And the only reason I decided to leave was because my music has been taking off to a point where I wasn't giving my all to the students. So then I was like, this isn't fair to me. This isn't fair to them. So I still work in a position where I interact with kids. Um, but it's not as hands-on as teaching. Fair. And so when you said that sort of what happened in your music career that sort of began to maybe call more of your attention, if you can speak a little to that. Yeah. Um, for example, I had um, I was booked for a pretty known venue here in Houston. Um, and that started doing sets of like 40 minutes versus whenever I had to do sets of like 15, 10 minutes, you know? So, um, and I have dancers, so I sing and dance at uh, the same time. So that requires a lot of like focus and practice. And when I booked that first show, I was still teaching 
um, practice for a month, like would would go to work, go straight to practice for an entire month. We did all new dances. Um, I do my production as well. I have some um, people that help me with the producing, but I do most of it. So it was too much. And like, I was so cranky, like I was in a bad mood. And that's what kind of decided it. And I've been like on the same track and like getting other opportunities. So I do think I did the best decision. Fair. And was it sort of like a hard decision to do? Yeah, it was really hard. (laughs) It was really scary because that was like my stable income. And like I said, I don't like my mom hasn't owned a home since I was like 15. So I've basically have been on my own. So that was really scary. It wasn't like I could go back home. It was like, you need to pay your own stuff. Um, So that was very scary. But I was like, okay, sometimes you need to let go of some things and the universe will reward you. And that's kind of what I've been going with. And it's been working. So I love that. And I also I'm from Dallas, actually. (laughs) So I'm, I'm currently in Dallas. Um, so it's like, it was also nice to see that you, you were from Texas. I was just like, Hey, I'm from Texas. And our other co-hosts, like we're all from Texas now. So like, um, one of the other one is like from also from Dallas. And then we have another co-host who's from Austin. So we're kind of like in the little, so it's like nice to have fellow Texans on. So I'm like, that's cool. And I also am like, it's so amazing to see how, also like how much you put into your music right it's not just like yeah it's not just like a fun little thing but it's like you have dancers I mean like I don't know shit about music but I'm just like the fact that you have like backup dancers and shit like that's pretty legit and it's like that's like awesome to see that like there's so many components and you're so involved in everything like that's like amazing um, so what does like when you're sort of getting ready for a show, what does your day look like? Like what does those preparations <laughs> look like? Like chaos. Like, <laughs> like chaos. I know. I swear it's not at least I'm gonna speak for myself, but independent artists, because a lot of people don't know what that term means. And it's basically you're like a one person show. And that comes with like investing the money, the concepts, the wardrobes, um, sometimes some of the equipment. So I do have my dancers that are my head choreographer. She's my one of my closest friends. So she helps me with like anything that I need, not just dancing and like even business advice and stuff because she's a successful business owner as well. Um for my production team, my lead person is my best friend of 15 years that actually we started in church together. Oh. Yeah. So, like, he, yeah, we, like, butt heads all the time because we've known each other so long. Um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I have a guitarist now um, that helps me with my sets. I don't have a full band because my music doesn't really require live instruments for all of it um but yeah that's that's how my team looks as of now but it it, I'll walk you through my day like the day before I have to get you know the outfits I have to get the backdrops for my shows like I have to do everything and then the day that I show up I'm I tell them 
I'm like, okay, here's the stuff, like take it out of my truck. Like I need a two hour breather because if not, I'm going to be exhausted on stage. So it's definitely not as glamorous as it sounds, um, but that's just my experience as an independent artist. Fair. And if you can tell us a little bit more, maybe, I know you already mentioned it a little bit, but just for like our listeners out there, like what does it mean to be sort of an independent artist and sort of what is the difference between an independent artist and maybe somebody who's signed somewhere or something? I don't know mm-hmm. anything about about it. So I'm like, I don't even know if I'm using the right terms. <laughs> no, yeah. So with being a signed artist, the other thing is you can be signed to a lot of different deals. You can have a publishing deal to where maybe they just put out all your music or like a full on deal where it's like they take care of your social media. They take care of who you're going to hire for production, photography thing. So it just means a lot of things. But essentially being a sole independent artist means you're the one creating all your things and backing yourself up and investing in all your projects. Fair. Is the goal to be signed with somebody? Um, I used to think that, if I'm being completely honest, but I think the game has changed um, in music a lot. Necessarily, I don't think that's the goal. My goal would be to have more listeners for sure um, because I think... Now, even if you see a shift with artists that we grew up, like signed artists like Katy Perry or stuff like that, and now it's newer independent artists that get more streams. So I think the game is definitely changing. So that's not really my goal. I would absolutely love to have a social media team because that sucks the life out of me. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Social media is a lot. And I feel like I've been having this conversation with a lot of people where I'm just like, social media is such a big part of our reality now that it's like, if you don't have a social media presence, you you really don't have a following, right? And it takes mm-hmm. so much, whether, and then we have so many platforms, right? The TikTok, the Instagram, the Twitter. And if you're on Facebook or something, I don't know if you will use Facebook anymore, but it's like all the things that are just like, and then from that, all of the revolving pieces of like, I have to post so many times a week or so Mm -hmm. many times a day. So I can only imagine. And so your goal is more to increase your listeners, right? Yes. Which our audience is maybe like target audience, right? We're here, we're like a lot of Latinas. We love different types of music. So we can start talking more specifically about your music itself. (laughs) Um, And sort of my first question related to your music is like, why do you make it like why why is music something that you resort to and it's the piece that you've decided to sort of have for such a long time in your life right since you were like very very young and now like why why do you make it I think as corny as it sounds um after every like good thing or bad thing that has gone into my life I've always had music backing me up um and even not even for a profit or for making a music career, it's just always been there. So why not take a chance on it and put it out to the world? It's bound to make somebody else feel something if it's made me feel something. I think ultimately that's the thing. So that's why I make it, if I'm being completely fair. 
Fair. And I love that. And sort of when you're making music, like who do you make music for? Is there like a set person that you're like, this is who I imagine listening to my music? So maybe not listening to, but I definitely take maybe not even my own things that I've gone through, but even my friends. Um, And they like, make so much fun of me because like they'll go- be going through a bad heartbreak and they'll tell me about it and I'll write a song but I always send it to them I'm like hey I made this like what do you think about it and of course there's no names but if they're like please I don't want you to put that out I won't um but I just for an example I had um my friends um like Thanksgiving what is that called Friendsgiving and we and it was like all girls. We had like a girls one, and we were talking to one of our friends, and we were like, "You're so confident, like you're so beautiful. Why, why don't you believe it yourself?" And you know, she was like telling us about it, and um, we were like, "Well, when do you feel the most confident?" And she was like, "Honestly, she was like, when I'm getting ready to go out. She's like, not even when I'm going out. She's like." When I have music full blast and I'm like, yeah, I'm a bad bitch. She's like, that's when I feel my best. Not, She's like, not even the whole like aftermath. So I went home and I wrote a song about it. Um, and in my head was like, my friend can listen to this whenever she wants to get hyped up. So just like experiences like that is honestly what I write about the most. Fair. And I love that, that it's like even like this community effort, like where like you're taking in like the lived experiences of not only like yourself, but like people around you. So I think that that's like really beautiful to see. Um, And I know that you've already told us that the first song that you ever wrote was like the song, the religious song for sort Mm -hmm. of your school. What was the first song that you wrote that wasn't related to religion? Like, what was that song about? <laughs> it was terrible. I took it off streaming. <laughs> but I was like, when can we listen to this first song? You're like, no, it's not available anymore. <laughs> I had it out for like a year, but that was like before I was like, I'm going to take this serious. It was like a test drive. I'm like, am I really going to release music? And then I did. And then I looked back on it and I was like, that's so fucking shitty like I don't want anyone to listen to it but it it honest now my songs are much more spanglish and that first song that I wrote did have some Spanish in it but it was more English and it was slow and I like I'm obsessed with Lana Del Rey and Marina so it was like a slow song like that And I just didn't resonate with it anymore. And again, like, it sucked. But I took the good parts of it. I was like, okay, I like how I incorporated vocals that I grew up listening to. And I liked how I had some Spanish in it. Maybe I'll like the next one more if it has more of that. So it's kind of what I rolled with. So even though it's not on there, uh, you know. Yeah, fair. I like that, though, that, like, you've seen sort of even, like, this growth within your music. You're like, this is where I started, and then now (laughs) this is where you're going. So when you're thinking about sort of your music now, what is it about? What influences your music now? I know we've spoken a little bit about it, but I know that you said that you've gone through sort of these shifts or these changes now. So, like, if you can talk a little bit more about that. So one of my favorite performers like of all time is Doja Cat 
And that's when I saw her live at ACL. I was like, this girl is a freaking boss. Like, and she's involved in like her creating her sets, her wardrobe for her and her dancers. So it's just so much more than just the song. So that's kind of what inspires me, like an artist like that. I, I want to be in every little aspect. Someone else that I really love and I know it's like very controversial and like Latino is I love Rosalia. Fair. And the reason <laughs> I know I'm like yes. <laughs> I'm like I know that's very controversial, but like from a musical that's uh, she's very involved in all the aspects and she's one of the few um female producers. Like it's less than 3% in in like big labels, big names like at all. And she's definitely the top. It's like, that's something that a lot of people don't know. So I, I think just like giving that, um, and she's very involved in like when she switched all her female dancers to male dancers, like she's involved in a lot of aspects. So me, I, I get inspired by stuff like that. Like when you're not afraid to change and to learn about what can I change in my music? What can I change in my performances? So stuff like that inspires me as an artist and that's kind of the growth that I have for myself um, and sometimes I expect too much of myself if I'm being honest mm. I feel that um we we haven't really talked about that right but I feel that like for Latinas like we always feel like we have to grind like so much harder than everybody else right and at do you feel like you've had to work harder in the music industry to get where you're at? And if you can speak a little bit more about that part of it, right? The fact that like you are Latina, like you are a woman, like not that like there isn't women artists out there, right? But mm -hmm. we are not the majority of people who are making it big or who are making all this shit ton of money, right? So if you yeah. can speak a little bit more about that. Yeah, no, it's it's very discouraging. I'm not even going to lie. Um I'm usually always the opening act, which in music, it, an opening act is usually the shitty one. That's just as simple as that. It, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm usually the opening act for anyone. And sometimes I don't even get paired to open up the same genre or anywhere near the same genre. So that, I, of course, I take the opportunities. And now I've come to a spot where I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do that for what? Um, but yeah, I've had to do a lot of that. I've dealt a lot with, um, they don't even introduce me on stage and like the beginnings of my career. Um, I've dealt a lot with like being introduced as the Spanish girl or, you know, ju just things like that, which is very uncomfortable. And that's one of my biggest problems. Um, but I think I'm taking up space and I do think that's what I'm supposed to do. Fair. And I think that those situations are hard though, right? I feel that like... It's so fucking awkward. Yeah, it's so... One, it's so awkward, but then two, it's like, what the fuck am I supposed to say? Like, uh, <laughs> like what? And so... And I feel that like, it's so wild that this is happening in a place like Houston, right? When I think about... Even like Texans, right? When we think about Houston... It's like this place that's like so diverse. There's so many people. There's so many different 
people from different places of the world, right? And the fact that this is still happening, I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? And like, yeah. so like, it's wild that that has been your experiences. And when that happens, like, do you respond? Or like, what What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm very known for like, like, I, I'm Mexican and the Mexican household were like sarcastic as fuck. So that, like, to begin with, it's just my response. Sometimes, like, people don't understand my humor because it's very dry humor. So, yeah, I do respond, but it's just honestly really natural. Um, So I just make jokes out of everything, like, honestly, and it's just, like, my natural response. And even when I perform, like, I have this bit with my dancers and we always do it. When I do my cumbia songs, I'm always, I always am like, I'm from Mexico and in Mexico we do cumbia and we say, eh, eh. And then I'm like, let me see y'all do it. And usually it's not Latino crowds and they like suck ass. And then I'm like, I'm always like, that was terrible. We're going to try again. (laughs) (laughs) And like the crowd loves it, but I'm also putting them in their place. You know, like, that's how I respond to it. Fair. And when you're, you sort of already mentioned that sometimes, like, the performances that you do are not necessarily, like, uh, like, Mexican folks or, like, Latina folks. But, like, how, can you tell us a little bit more about what is, like, what do your performances look like? Like, what's the vibe that you want at a performance? Sort of, um, if there's, like, certain performances that you've enjoyed or that you've had recently that you're, like, this was really memorable for me that you want to share. Yeah, my most memorable one was um, June when I performed at Warehouse Live. One, because Warehouse Live is just like something that I'll never forget. It was my first venue I've ever booked. It's It was a pretty big deal. Like that was Drake's first sold out venue ever. Like he raps about it in one of his songs. Um, so that was really cool. And I opened up for one of my close friends. Her name is Rachel Winters. She doesn't do like, she's white first off. So she doesn't like do any Spanglish songs, but she is a female artist and she asked me to open up for her. And when I thought it was weird, I was like, dude, are you sure? I'm like, we have different (laughs) crowds. But because, you know, it was my close friend. She was like, no, like you're dope. And she asked me and three other people to do it. Um, and I was the only, like, Spanglish music type one. And I was like, fuck it. Like, this is a great opportunity and it'll be fine. Um, and I only did one cover and I was iffy about what song to pick. And first we had picked a Marina song, um, How to Be a Heartbreaker. And then we were going to do um, All American Rejects song. Because we were like, the crowd will know it. They'll sing it back. And then I was like, and my, my guitarist, I love him. And and he's the one that suggested it. And I learned it and it just didn't feel like me. And it was like a week before. And we had already we had already practiced it. And I was like, hey, don't hate me, but what if we do the Revela theme song? <laughs> and he was like, Are you sure? I'm like, I'm like, at least one person has to know it. He's like, that's not what I'm scared of. He's like, I feel like, honestly, a lot of people would know it. He's just like, but you're sure. Like, this is what we're doing it. And that was, like, the first time I had the crowd sing back. So that was super memorable. Um, 
And that that same night, so I believe in a lot in like, if you look up to someone and the same things are happening in their life, it's because you guys are on the same frequencies. And that night, when I performed, that was the same night that Carol G invited Anaí to do Salvame. So even though like we're not anywhere near the same level, I'm like, okay, we're on the same frequencies. That means something. And all my friends were like freaking out, sending me videos of it the next morning. And I'm like, oh my God. And of course, now they have their reunion. That see, like that's one of the videos that I saw on your TikTok. And I was just like, okay, we have a Rebelde fan here. So one of my <laughs> questions was, what is your favorite Rebelde song? And if you're going to the concert. I am going to the concert. I'm going, I, we got floor seats, me and my sister. And I'm still like, what the hell? Like, we did that. Um, my favorite one is um, No Pares de Dulce Maria. That's my favorite song. Uh, and is Dulce Maria your favorite of yes. the Rebelde Fair? Um, when you were, like, growing up, was she, like, the person? Because you know how, like... Well, when I was growing up, I'd be like, oh, this is who I am. And then, then your little group of friends, like, when they <laughs> yeah. would come out, like, this is what you would sing. So you were a Dulce Maria girl? Yes. That's fair. W- were you in love with, um, what's his name? With the- Diego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were also a Diego. You- he was your lover, too. It was just like, yes. you're in love with this man. Ugh. I love that. And, like, I love that you're going. I love that they toured. Um, I feel that like me and my friends are going to the to the one here in like Dallas, oh, in the Dallas okay, area. Cool. We did not get floor seats because them tickets sold out like this. Everything <laughs> was did. like selling out, and I was just like, "What the hell?" Um, but that's so. What are you? What are? What is the vibes for the concert going to be? Are you dressing up in the little like the the uniform? Are you going just for like the? the vibes or like what is the what is the outfit like I'm asking people all of this because I'm just like I need to know what to wear it's not until September but I need to know I need to prepare I'll I'll tell you I won't say too much because I don't want to know what a jacket but I'm not doing the uniform I'm doing more of like me and my sister's favorite character and how they dress in a certain scene Mm. which I feel like everyone's gonna do the uniform which is fine but me and my sister's are, are like, we have to do this, you know? Fair. How many sisters do you have? I have two sisters. Oh, wow. So it's just like the three of you, or do you have brothers? It's just the three of us. How was how that growing up with three, with two sisters? <laughs> it's just, yeah. I'm the oldest, and they're closest in age. They're only like a year and some months apart. And then I'm three and four years apart. So I always had like my friends. Um, they were like the little sisters, and I always had like my group of friends. So growing up, we would butt heads because they were too little. I could, like I was fifteen, and they were like twelve, eleven. I was like, ew, you know. So, but as we got older, like now we get along really well. But growing up, I just saw them. I was like, oh, those are my little sisters. <laughs> it's good that y'all are going to the concert together. I feel like it's yeah. gonna be such a moment. I feel that like. It's wild um, to see how much, like, like Spanish music has been growing, right? We have, like, yeah. Bad Bunny, right? We have Rosalia, Carol G, like, all of these people who are sort of, like, making, like, Latinos be on the map. And it's just, like, something that I feel like we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're thinking about sort of, like, artists now, like, who do you listen to? 
I listen to, of course, a lot of Bad Bunny. I listen to Ángeles Azules like once a day because I love cumbia. Um, I listen to Rosalia a lot. I really like this artist. Her name is Gendry. She's a Dominican. I think she's an indie artist. Um, she might be signed, but she's like fairly new as well. Um, and then Cassandra. I don't know if you've seen her on TikTok. She's my. She's an indie artist too. She's my friend. She has some cool songs. Adri. She's an indie artist too. Tokisha. I love Tokisha. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, I always like to ask people like, what about her? Like, um, what about her made you want to listen to her music? Like, to Tokisha? What, what mo- yeah. What moment when you're like, yeah, I'm gonna listen to this girl. <laughs> To be fair, as a singer myself, at first I was like, what the fuck is this dude? Like the first time I heard it, you know, in the background, I was like, I was like, like, you know, when your mom is like, ¿Qué, ¿Qué estás escuchando? Like, that's how I felt the first time. And then I looked at her and I was like, she's a really good performer. And then when I actually looked up her lyrics, I was like, this girl singing about this. I'm like, she's like, she's like the Latina Meg the Stallion. Like, that's what I thought. So, yeah, now I love her. But my initial reaction was like, what? <laughs> Fair. See, I feel that every time I ask people about Tokisha, like, that's the reaction. First, they were just kind of like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> what is she doing? Um, like that response, that same response, like itching us or what is happening here? And then like after a while, they're like, no, yeah, this is a bop. Like I like I'm a fan. So I love that. If you if you could have like this is like in a dream, maybe not in a dream world, because we're manifesting it, but like who is like your dream collaboration and why? Um, probably Rosalia. <laughs> <laughs> what would your song be about like would it be like a heartbreak song like a what would the vibes be of this song honestly like chingona vibes for sure and then i would just like to see like what she what kind of beat she would make like i would just sit there like in awe i just want to see how she works like more of like yeah I love that. I love that you already you already knew. Like it was already like, yeah. If you could play, like if you could have like your dream concert also, what would be the vibes? Where would you perform? Who would open up for you? Oh, that's actually pretty hard. <laughs> um <laughs> my dream concert. Honestly, I prefer and I work like in concerts. I work for Live Nation on the weekends. I prefer um, music festivals. Like I 100% because that's when you learn about the most artists. You know, like you listen to people just walking by. You're like, oh, let me stop. Like their set's cool. Um, So I like one of my dreams of mine is actually having my own music festival, but all Latina artists. So I would love to do something like that. Like that's actually one of my dreams. I don't really know where, if I'm being completely honest, I don't even know if it would be in Texas. Like I feel like Chicago would be great too because they have so many places outside and that's where I have the most listeners. Um, Actually, yeah. Um, So yeah, that who would open up for me if I could have 
Hmm. I I don't I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I feel like I would have the cumbia kings perform with me, but I don't think they would open up for me because I got to have a girl because the girl power. <laughs> You're like, I would love it, but mm, somebody else. <laughs> I love that though. I love this idea of like an all Latina like music festival. I feel like that needs to be a reality or even like, I, I know that like ACL exists, but like also like, like music festivals that are directly like actually just with like up and coming artists so that like Mm -hmm. you're there for the vibes you know I feel like that would be really cool so like I love that and I know that we're coming up on time um I don't want to take up much more of your time I have like maybe two last questions and the first one would be like if somebody like to our listeners like what would you tell them like what would be your pitch right like why should they be listening to your music like what would be your like selling point like this is like you your ad your like time to be like this is why you should listen to me this is who I am this is why you should listen to me okay first I always tell people this I'm like are you a chingona yes or no if you are a chingona then are you listening to chingona music probably not so, if you want music like that, you got to listen to me. <laughs> I love it. And I feel like that's, like, straight to the point. Like, I love it. And so, y'all heard it here. Chingona music is here. So, like, they need to listen to you. <laughs> and sort of my second question would be, like, is what would you tell other Latinas, right? Those Latinas that are going to listen to your music, right? What advice or what recommendations would you have for them? Whether you want to give advice to like fellow Latinas who are engaging in music or just like Latinas Mm -hmm. in general. I'm going to let you pick. Okay. A song that everyone loves is Toxica. It's reggaeton, very reggaeton influence. And I did it with my friend, um, La Moon. She's Puerto Rican. So she adds a lot of like the lingo that they have in reggaeton music. Um, and the way I introduce it before I perform it, it, I don't like to just be like for the girls, like also for the boys, you know? So the way I introduce that song, I'm always like, donde están las toxicas? And everyone's like, wow. And then I always ask where the toxicos and no one wants to say nothing because everyone's scared. But the way I the way I see it is like that song is for everyone because why do we get called toxica, toxico, like in Latino culture? Well, you get called a toxica because you do certain behaviors, but no one talks about what pushed you to that behavior. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about what could have been stopped. And for men, they always hear like, los, los hombres no lloran. Los hombres no enseñan sus emociones, diferentes cosas así. And when they do, they, got, they get called toxic too. So it, it, it goes both ways. So in that song, we kind of took the word toxica and we changed it up a little bit. Like these are the behaviors to look out for. These are what to dip if you see this and either, you know, vice versa. And it's catchy. So, yeah, that's for my toxicas. Fair. I love that. And so where can we listen to you and what projects do you have coming up? You can listen to me on Spotify, on Apple, YouTube title, honestly, any streaming platform. 
Um, so this comes out in March. I can announce it now. I'm going to be at South by Southwest, which is I'm so fucking excited for. That's yeah, so it's like exciting. A, yeah, that's like always on my dream board for years. Um, so I'm going to be able to get to do that. Um, it's like my biggest thing yet. And I also just released a song and I have a new music video that talks about my journey as a Latina independent artist. Oh, I love that. And I love that you're going to be at South by Southwest. I feel like that's like, ah. Um, so mm. congratulations. Okay, see, I wasn't wrong when I said that you're out here <laughs> doing the damn thing. And where can we follow you on your social media? Um, All my social media is Janex-S. So it's J-A-N-N-E-X-E-E-S on Instagram, on TikTok, on youtube and facebook as well and so if our listeners were to listen to one song from you that isn't toxica what song do you recommend them listen to put my cumbia on you everyone loves it and my good friend principe q made it and principe q is actually abi quintanilla's son and selena was his aunt so you can't say it sucks because he knows about his motherfucking cumbia (laughs) everyone loves it and everyone loses it so yeah oh i love that and so for our listeners out there i will make sure to put all of your sort of social media and your handles on the bottom And for our listeners, make sure that y'all are subscribed and y'all are sharing us out there, following us on our social media. Um, You know, that not to gatekeep us and not to gatekeep Gen X, right? Y'all have to make sure that y'all are spreading the word because she's doing the damn thing. She's going to be at South by Southwest and she's over here doing music by us and for us, which is like so, so important, right? That we are supporting each other. And so I love that. Um, And for our listeners, we'll see y'all next time. Bye.